Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Mars Court. He's the president and CEO of Woolridge Mining. They're one of the larger uh, junior miners on the TSXV. Uh, we talked to them about their achievements of last year, significant, plus their fundraise and what they plan to do this year, heading towards that Q3, uh, Q4 maiden resource. If you want our thoughts, on the conversation, what he said they'd be able to do, and of course the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. There's also detailed company reports on there with analysis. Uh, there are summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time. There are training videos to help you with your own diligence process. And of course, commentary from experts from all around the world on a variety of commodities and companies, which you might find interesting and useful. Uh, and why don't you go and join our thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment uh, at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Sounds nice, right? Mars, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? I am excellent, as always, as always. Now, first of all, I've got to ask, Mars, that's a great name. I love the name. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> Just like the planet. <laughs> Just like the planet. You, you sound so exotic already before we start. Um, no. Well, look, we're going to, we're, we're, so first of all, where in the world are you? Tell, tell me that for a start. I'm in Sudbury, Sudbury, Ontario, just about four hours north of Toronto, Canada. Right. So up near the project, um, keeping an eye on things. Closer, yes. Fantastic. How long have you been up there? Well, I've lived in Northern Ontario for a you know, for over 30 some odd years and uh, between Timmins and Sudbury and most of my work, most of my career has been in Northern Ontario and Northern Quebec. So, and married where, where, somebody from North. So. What, are you, what are you, are you an engineer, a geo? What's your background? I'm a mining engineer by trade. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Well, look, we're going to hear about the Woolbridge story today. I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, before we do, can you just give us a one minute summary of what it is that you are? Uh, and sure. then I'll kind of dive in with some questions about where you're going. Sure. We've been at exploring and advancing our Fenelon Gold property uh, in Northern Quebec that we purchased from Balmoral Resources in uh, late 2016 for about three and a half million dollars in cash. We've not only demonstrated on this property that there is a tier one, uh, potentially tier one gold asset, but we've also acquired Balmoral Resources last year and now control over about 90 kilometers of this very underexplored belt, where it's already shown to host several large gold systems as it's evident from the D2 Lake Mine on the Ontario side and our Fenelon Gold on the east side, and also our Martinier, which is somewhere in between the two. So not only have we got the potential on this Fenelon for a large resource, but, uh, but we also have this organic growth potential on this entire large package of land in Quebec. Quebec is one of the most best mining jurisdictions in the world. And notwithstanding all of our gold assets and our, uh, you know, this belt, we also have these nickel copper PGM assets in Sudbury, Ontario, as well as in Quebec. So this year we have a very large exploration program is over 170,000 meters of drilling. Uh, we have the exploration uh, development that we planning to do underground, as well as the maiden resource that we intend to uh, bring out by the third quarter of this year. So, so. With the, uh, with the program that is about $75 million, with our cash balance at the end of the year last year with $85 million, is a very fully funded program. So with the prospective properties in the right jurisdiction, supportive shareholders like Eric Sprott and Kirk Lake Gold, 170,000 meters of drilling, maiden resource this year. We basically check the box on all of the investment criteria that, that people look for. Except share price. It's been on a slide for five months. 
the share price has been on a slide, but that, that may have a lot to do with the fact that we're at the stage where the company is currently in the process of completing the maiden resource, and as well as the gold price fluctuation, and somehow exploration companies are also currently with the wave. Right. So I agree with you. There's a lot of things that are going to be happening this year, and you've financed to be able to deliver them. And I think the you know long-awaited maiden resource it will be a big big part of this. But can I can you help me? I need to understand a little bit about you, the way that you think. You know who we would be investing into. So you talked about buying an asset for three and a half million bucks in 2016. Your market cap today is 560. So something's gone right. The plan you set out to deliver, is that the plan you've delivered today? Oh, absolutely. I believe so. And more. I mean, obviously, along the way, the sort of surprises came. Uh, so back in 2015, actually 2013, we decided to actually transition the company from an exploration company to a, to a producer. As a junior company, we wanted to talk to people about their non-core assets. We couldn't really do that because people don't trust some juniors having delivered some of these. So we actually put our own project into operation. It was a small project between 2014 and 15. We managed to generate about four or five million dollars free cash flow for a market cap of five million dollars at the time. With that success, we were able to talk to others. So, so that's when we assembled the team, an M&A team, to look at projects. We were looking for things. We knew that we at the five million dollar market cap, we weren't going to find a million ounce plus deposit. We were looking for things that were high margin but have a large potential for growth. Fenelon came across our radar. So we discussed that with Balmoral. It was a non-core asset for Balmoral at the time because they were concentrated on the Martinier as well as the nickel asset on Grasset. So we, we purchased this property, not because of its 40,000 ounces, because throughout the due diligence, we realized that there's a lot of areas where they had drilled holes along outside of that 40,000 ounce area. And it had a lot of potential for growth. It was in the right environment, right near the Sun Lake Deformation Zone. And our guys basically found about a dozen targets at the time. We continued 2017 and 2018 to expand the original resource, you know, laterally as well as to that. But along the way, we knew we had these targets. Late 2018, just before Christmas, we decided to drill this hole number 51 to extend that hole beyond what we were finding. And we discovered Area 51. In early 2019, following on Area 51 discovery, we found out the depth extensions of the Tabasco, which we now call Lower Tabasco, which is the most in-doubt portion of our resource uh, to, be, to be coming out. So there were some discoveries along the way. So, so here's a 10 square kilometer property that we've continued to demonstrate that it has a large growth for, for, for a large resource. But more importantly, we've also acquired Balmoral. So that's basically the track record of what we've done so far. And we believe we're on track to be able to come up with this maiden resource that we, we think it's a potentially a multi-million ounce deposit on the property. Now, whether what the, what, what the number of that maiden resource would be obviously determined, is determined based on the amount of drilling that we're going to be continuing to do before that comes up. It, there's an interesting dilemma going on here because you've got a lot of retail. Institutions aren't interested, yet you're finding it easy to rise, raise money. What's going on? Well, I mean, management's track record. The success of exploration really dis, you know, determines what your access to capital would be, particularly when you're in a good jurisdiction. You know, if, if this project was in somewhere outside of you know, Quebec or outside of Canada, probably would have had a, a more difficult time trying to raise money. But it's a business plan that we've had. We said that we wanted to uh, you know, 
in the initial stage, we had just the gabbro and we wanted to put that into production and become a plus 60,000 ounce per year producer. Since the discovery of Area 51 in Tabasco, we've realized that that is not necessarily the plan because the project is much larger than that. So as a result, the market believes. Now, obviously, as you mentioned, we only have about 10 or 11% holdings by institutions. And the balance of that is some of the supportive shareholders or strategic shareholders like Eric Sprott, Kirk and Lake Gold, or William Day. And the balance of that, of that is in retail. But we believe that the institutions will come around. Right. How are relations with Eric Sprott? Our relations is great. Uh, Eric Sprott uh, started becoming our shareholder about August of 2018. And he has since been a supportive shareholder. He's continued to uh, participate in our financings uh, all the way to now. So, he, But he stopped talking about you. Should we be worried? Well, um, the reason Eric Sprott is not talking about it, from what I understand, he's currently, uh, he's currently caring for a loved one. So, so, so that's one of the reasons he's not been in, uh, in the public. Okay, okay. Um, should we just talk about retail? Because they, they seem very frenetic and uh, interested in what you're doing, but they don't feel you're talking to them very much. We've been pretty transparent with our, with our disclosures. We, we have continuous disclosures. And obviously, obviously, when you're doing the amount of drilling that we're doing, the market expects us to, to continue having these press releases every two or three weeks. But the fortunate or unfortunate part of that is some of these holes are 1,000 or 1,100 meters. And more than 60% of the holes need to be sampled. And it's not that easy trying to find, you know, put sections of the hole released as, as, uh, as it comes from the lab, as assay labs. So that's one of the reasons we need to make sure that we have the complete results of an, a hole before we disclose that. So, so that, you know, we've been, we've been doing a lot of interviews. We've been exposing ourselves with respect to uh, the story of Walbridge to the institutions as well as to the retail. Uh, we continue to do that along the way. And when the uh, assay results come or we have, um, you know, newsworthy uh, material, it'll certainly be disclosed. Right, because the, I mean, obviously you, you've got to disclose any any significant disclosures. If you think there's something meaningful, you must, um, you know, come to market without immediately. But And they're used to these big high grade intercepts that you've put, been putting out most of the way along here. Is that something they can continue to see or are you starting to see some, some bulk stories being played out as well? I think there are a whole lot of projects that have continuously had 22 grams over 48 meters. There's absolutely, I don't, I don't remember. But what it is, is absolutely we're going to come up with the continuous uh, you know, news on the assays that could potentially have the higher grade stuff, but also the bulk mineable um, uh, material. Like some of the assays that we have in, with respect to you know, over 50 meters of good mineable grades, it would definitely demonstrate that this deposit has a potential for a bulk mining uh, resource. Uh, it's not, you know, it, when you have 50 meters of four grams, four grams itself in a two meter wide, not mineable, but 50 meters of four grams is a bulk mineable potential. And, and there are a lot of mining companies that currently are doing at less grade than that in terms of potential production. Right. And talk to me about the plan going forward, because I, I'm trying to work out, you, you're talking about putting a maiden resource out in Q3. So that, that's good news. It gave people a sort of sense of the, the, the scale of the potential scale of this, um, which, which is, which is fantastic. But people, you've got a royalty company, Ely, who's got a royalty on, you know, some of your, some of your, uh, project. There's some good news here. I think I've saved you some time. They're, they're saying there's three and a half, four million ounces in there. 
well, anybody can can guesstimate what the what the resource ounces could be. I, I wish I could say that, but I don't know. Obviously, the uh, first of all, there is at least another seventy thousand meters of drilling to be done to be included in the resource estimate that is coming out this year. More importantly, we every company has their own internal value evaluation modeling and you know uh, trying to understand what the potential size is. But at the end of the day, it's always a qualified person, an independent consultant that provides you the NI483-101 report. So, so until then, we don't know what that analysis would be. But Ely or anyone else could certainly you know, do their own calculations. But unfortunately or fortunately, we will not be able to condone those. Okay, so Ely doesn't know something that you uh, you know. <laughs> I don't, don't know, know if they do. So. <laughs> right. Okay. No, so it's just it's just a kind of question because it's interesting. You know, get one public company saying one thing, which is affecting uh, their valuation, and obviously you haven't put any numbers out. And I just you know I, I think it's kind of interesting that that would happen. Um. So the the plan is you you did one hundred two thousand meters last year, and I know you've got one hundred seventy thousand meters planned for this year. That's a lot of meters. And and how many meters were there before before twenty twenty? Uh, roughly about another 70,000 meters before. Right. So you've got a significant amount of data to be able to put out this maiden resource. And, and sorry to keep honing in on this maiden resource, but it's a moment, it's a defining moment for you because otherwise you're just sure. an exploration play, right? Sure. You're just an exploration A $560 million exploration play. Uh, so people are excited by, by headlines at the moment because that's really what they've got to work on um, and some of these drill results that you put out. But are you being delayed in terms of the assays coming back? Because I think a lot of companies seem to be affected in terms of timing. No, not not particularly or substantially uh, different than what we had last year. Obviously, over the past few months, the companies have been busy, and the COVID COVID pandemic has not helped some of these labs with respect to the way they operate. Uh, you know, we've seen a bit of a delay in some of the assays by maybe a week or two. Typically, we get about it takes about four to five weeks from the labs to receive the assays from the time you deliver to the time they actually get complete portion of that. And remember these holes, as I mentioned, they're a thousand meters. So, so we, every week, we, whatever we've drilled in that week gets sent to the lab. But by the time the actual hole is finished and then, then get the full assays, there'll probably be that four to five weeks ask. We've realized that over the past three or four months, that four to five weeks has been extended by an additional week or two. Right. Okay. So by the time you get around to putting the maiden resource out, you can have like somewhere between 300 and 340,000 meters to work with. Is that, is that right? No, not quite correct. Because obviously, in order for us to come up with our resource estimate by Q3, we need to have a cutoff date. So currently, the cutoff date is sometime end of June, early July. So, so based on that, we expect to add another 60,000 meters, 55 to 60,000 meters of drilling into the already inventory of the drilling that we have. Right. So what's the number that you hope to go out to market with? What's the number you'd be happy to go out to market with? In terms of drilling, we're looking at about a 240, 230 to 240,000 meters of that drilling that we've, has been done on the property to be included in the maiden resource. But what's the, what's the number you're looking for in terms of the maiden resource? What do you think the market is expecting to hear from you? Well, I, I wish I could say that. Obviously, I, I like it. I like more than less. <laughs> you like more than us. Good. But that's a, there's a lot of things in life like this. But but you you at the board level must be having these discussions going, look, we've just raised a stack of money. We're we're good for money for a long time now, right? You had a lot of cash, you raised another sixty, whatever it was. Was it sixty two, sixty four million? Yes. Uh, sixty four million as on, on top, right? So you're good for yeah. cash on your on your drill drill program, but you must have had conversations like if we don't come to market with more than three million with four million, five million, the market's going to be upset with us. So, 
you must have that number. Well, <laughs> like I said, the market has different valuations based on the market cap of the company that is in, you know, that, that, that's evident. I mean, uh, some people use uh, some numbers of $50 an ounce, some people use $150 an ounce, depending on where it is. By the way, I actually believe that most of the analysts who are looking at these numbers, they, they put everything in one basket, including whether there's a project in the middle of Andes or in the middle of, you know, uh, Saharan with the, with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, difficulties and also in Quebec and Ontario. So, so when you really look at these projects, there's certainly a different premium being in Quebec with all the infrastructure, you know, mining friendly uh, uh, First Nations, uh, mining friendly governments. So I don't know exactly what the market is expecting, but we certainly are seeing uh, the, this is going to be a meaningful, uh, maiden resource that's going to not only demonstrate what it has today, but also its growth potential in the future. Okay. So again, just start, just, I'm just, I'm talking about communication here because it's really important. That's why we're talking today. You want to talk to the market more regularly, but every time you do, they come up with a new set of assumptions about what you should and shouldn't be doing. Now you've got all this cash. Can you just sort of ignore that noise on the line for a while? Just get on with business. Look, Look, we're an exploration company. At the end of the day, you understand that coming up with a maiden resource doesn't end everything. You know, it's not as if you're going to come up with a, you know, generating cash flow out of a maiden resource. As an exploration company, most investors expect that the, in the future, you'll need to, 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 to get those funds or raise those funds in order to advance the project. So we obviously have a very fully funded program for this year, but you also need to uh, opportunistically look at how what is the next step to this? Regardless of whether your maiden resource is going to be satisfying what the market is expecting or not, you need to ensure that the future project, the rest of the project in the future is funded. Yeah, okay. Um, and talking of moments which most companies would be very happy to, to uh, marks they'd be happy to hit would be getting included on the G JDXJ. Um, for you, shares went the opposite direction. It's like, wh what was going on in the market? What was going on in the company? Wh why that reaction? It's bizarre. Well, I'm not... A, a, Again, I'm not sure exactly what the reasons are as to why our share price had slipped since the inclusion by the in, into the GDXJ. Obviously, it's a it's a, it's a great uh, a accomplishment, if you may, to have been included in the GDXJ. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, this is uh, not not a lot of companies do, uh, but but what is important for us is the fact that, and I, I expect most of our uh, long-term retail shareholders understand that this, at every stage of the project, and you're looking at the Lassonde curve, you actually can see the, 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 that fluctuation or flattening of the share price uh, you know, at, at some point, because everybody's expecting the maiden resource. They're trying to figure out what exactly is the next step is. What's good about our company is the fact that we've got 90 kilometers strike length of this underexplored belt. So, so there's opportunities for us to bring ourselves back at the bottom of that Lassonde curve at the same share price that we are today and carry that increase to the next level again. So, so Fenelon, the maiden resource will obviously answer the question on that itself. But today, this year, we're going to spend about 10 to 15% of our drilling on our other assets along the belt, which are Martinier, on Grasset, as well as other properties. So, so those are all the reasons that when you really see in terms of uh, what the companies, is this a one uh, asset company or is it going to be a multiple assets, which is, which is what I believe it is. Yeah, it's a definitely. Well, it seems to be uh, the story's being told is about a district-wide play, which 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 yeah. is fantastic. And Quebec is a good province to be doing business. So, you know, absolutely, it's it's, it's all it's all the signs are uh, there for sure. And um, 
when you kind of took over Balmoral last year, um, again, why did, why did you feel you needed to do that then? Was it just to right, we need to be more than a, a one-trick pony with one asset, we need to expand this? I mean, again, what was, going, what was the conversation at board level? Because, you know, more work. Uh, that and more, that and more. And I'll tell you exactly why. We were, we were already seeing the Fenelon gold system continuing to go beyond the original 10 square kilometer boundary that we, we owned. We realized that Balmoral had those properties. In fact, for a while, we weren't even drilling near the property boundaries because we all sort of had an idea of where those targets could be. So that's why we, um, we felt that around Fenelon itself, we certainly can demonstrate that we, we can show that the mineralization goes beyond it and potentially come up with a, even a larger project that we currently at that time had envisioned. But we also, we also saw owning this belt is like having a, one of these Southern Abitibi like Valdor to Ruan Noranda about 100 to 120 years ago, because there really is 25 to 30 meters of overburden. Exploration really didn't start till the late 90s. So we saw potential for this district scale uh, property that Balmoral owned. And they were really concentrating between gold and nickel for, for, for a number of years, for, for a few years on gold, a few years on, 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 on nickel, and really did not have as much of a, um, you know, a particular focus. And so, so that was one of the reasons we felt that it was, uh, it was the right time for us to, 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 uh, to do that. Our share price had improved, and it was a, it was a really right time to be able to uh, acquire Balmoral and now own this district scale package that could potentially be seeing a lot of head frames Maybe not not in my lifetime, but perhaps in the future lives. Okay, and you've also partnered with uh, Kirkland Lake Gold, or Kirkland. We right. Kirkland Lake Kirkland Lake Gold is a shareholder of ours. In 2019, we always were looking for a strategic partner. Part of the reason for that was not because of the financial strength, but also some technical expertise that we could draw upon from a strategic partner. That's why um, Kirkland Lake decided to uh, to to. Uh, do a funding into the into Walbridge, uh, and it was about 9.9% shareholding. Obviously, as a result of the acquisition of Balmoral, they couldn't participate in, in, in that. And in recent financing that we just did last year with $64 million, Kirkland came in with over $20 million to maintain their 9.9% pro rata. That's interesting to me, because they've been sort of dropping a lot of companies around the world in terms of their, their positions as well. So they're being a little bit more selective about who they want to work with or who they choose to work with. That, that's quite telling. I think probably outside of your company is quite telling of who they've chosen to drop. Um, okay, that, that, that's interesting. So with, with regards to what's happening at, at Detour Fenelon, what, what can you tell us in terms of what's going to be happening this year? So as, as I mentioned, we have 170,000 meters. The majority of that drilling obviously is going to focus on Fenelon itself in order to infill as well as expand the existing resources. We've had about 10 to 15% of that, but maybe around 20,000 meters of drilling that we plan to do on this belt. Uh, there are two areas of uh, focus for us this year. One is the uh, Martinier, and Martinier was the deposit that, uh, or, or the, the property that Balmora had come up with a deposit of about 600,000 ounces. It had a component of open pit as well as underground, but really it was too small for an open pit and it was low grade for an underground. But when you really see Martinier, the majority, the high grade, in fact, we have it on one of our appendix sections in, in our corporate presentation. Most of the higher grade stuff was actually around the 350 meters, and there, there really isn't a whole lot of drilling below 350. So we certainly see Martinier as a high grade potential, much similar to our Fenelon. Remember, 
But when I, when I mentioned about targets on Fenelon before doing our due diligence, we, we followed up on one of those targets. There was, there was some holes that are one and a half meters of 22 grams a ton that we said, but this is, this is part of this shear system that we need to follow. And that was actually at depth, about 350, 400 meters is our lower Tabasco. Same thing is happening on Grasset, although Grasset already has a nickel deposit on it. It is, it's got this large ultramafic system that comes right to the, to the Sunday Lake deformation zone, already has some potential targets for gold, already has a 80 centimeters of 145 grams a ton that has never been followed. There is a grassette west with you know, a number of mineable grades over several meters of width that has not been followed because it was really focused on nickel. So that's another reason why we, we're looking at grassette today in terms of its gold asset rather than its nickel asset. And I know a lot of our retail uh, investors want us to carry on with the nickel because of the market with nickel and everything else. But what we really need to do first, understand, because it's only two kilometers from our Fenelon, and it could certainly add to the economics of Fenelon if you could, uh, have another deposit. So, so we need to address that first, and that's one of the reasons we want to put the, you know, do some drilling on Grasset as well, following up on gold. Okay, so but you're you're a gold company, so you're looking at it from the gold perspective. You're right; there are lots of questions sent in with regards to: Do you spin this out as nickel asset? Obviously, Sudbury is a big nickel um, nickel uh, region, so and there's some big stories happening there at the moment, and nickel's on the up, uh, well, probably all time highs at the moment, I think, in terms of pricing. Yeah. But you're gold guys, so the focus is gold, gold, gold. Yeah, I, I, we don't have any plans, immediate plans, to go to Grasset to, to drill for nickel. Obviously, at this stage, we want to answer Grasset's property with respect to its gold potential. With respect to our Sudbury assets, we've always said that we want to unlock the value. Today, we're not getting any value for our top nickel PGM assets in Sudbury. We understand it, and we want to do it, but you, know, you do not want to spin out a company and a junior explorer becoming a struggling uh, uh, company that they're going to come back. It's like sending your kids away, and then every so often, they come back for half the rent money or all of the rent money. So, so that's why we wanted to make sure it has a near-term to production asset before we spin that out. And that's one of the reasons we entered this into this operating agreement with Sibani Stillwater to operate the Laming Canada operations that they have the Denison property. We now rough own about 18% of that company. They were supposed to come up with the PEA and maiden resource by the end of last year. They're a bit, a bit late, but we understand that in this quarter we're going to have that. And with that, we'd be able to you know, look at the spinning out of all of our uh, Sudbury Copnical PGM assets. And in the future, depending on what answers we get from Grasset, perhaps either do that separately through a joint venture, through a sale, or through, a, uh, through putting it into this company, uh, into the spin-out company, and get value for our shareholders. Okay, but, right, so the PGMs, obviously, it's a very exciting time in terms of the market pricing as well. So there's potential for spin-out there. Denison, yeah. etc. So that, that that's so that's okay, but not not with Grasset because that's got gold, and you want to manage and control that component. So so with Grasset, we want to answer the question of whether it has the potential for gold. I mean, that's one of the reasons we need to do some drilling. I mean, the Grasset has a three point, I think, close to about four million tons of very good grade nickel acid. Obviously, it still requires additional drilling and, and exploration in order to expand that because in that area, uh, you know, especially with base metal assets, you need to have a larger, larger project than that in order to start a mine. Uh, but, but more importantly, it has that potential to be able to uh, come up with a gold resource. And so, so that's one of the reasons we were sort of having to drill that this year 
to understand it. And I'm hoping that we'll get that answer this year. Okay, so would you, do you think it's fair to say the retail market is giving you credit for the nickel component, but at the moment you are asking questions and trying to answer them, perhaps don't value them as much? Today, we're, we certainly value it is in terms of the market valuation. We're not getting any value for it. So, so it's a matter of, you know, obviously the market wants us to carry out our, our gold plan, particularly with Fenelon. And Grasset today needs to be answered with respect to its gold asset prior to us trying to do something with I'm it. Not, I, I get where you're, you're at, but I'm trying to say, do you think that the retail market is valuing it, i.e. today's market cap? Today's share price being, is getting credit for the nickel. Zero. Nil pura. Okay. That's right. And which is why we want to unlock the value of it. So, so it just takes time for us to do that. Okay. Talk to me about environmental. I know you're in Quebec and I know you're in Sudbury and it's lots of mining going on in it. And it's a walk in the park usually. But you still got to go through the motions. You still got to establish relationships. You still got to spend the money and the time, et cetera, on environmental with the locals, with First Nations, so what are you doing? Having been a consultant for many years, uh, and I worked on behalf of the First Nations and on behalf of the companies discussing with First Nations, one of the things that I started when I came to Warbridge was regardless of where you are, you need, to, you need to have communications at the beginning of the project, not when you really need the groups, regardless of whether it's the First Nations or the communities around you. Since then, since the beginning that we started in 2011, when I started with the company, we decided to have monthly report to our First Nation groups uh, of what we did the month before and what we're planning to do next month. And that's been going on up to this day. Since the purchase of Fenelon, we were new to Quebec and we decided to do the same thing. We now have weekly meetings with our First Nation group. We have close to 20% of our workforce is from the First Nation communities in Quebec. So, so we've definitely demonstrated that we're a corporate citizen with respect to our communities. And one of the other things that we have, we have decided right off the bat that because we're in, we were new to Quebec and anywhere we go, you have to shop local. So one of our policies in the company is that if you work in somewhere, it better be local. And that's what we've been practicing and we've been continuing to do so. Okay, fantastic. And tell me about the team that you're building up here, because you're starting to become a different sort of company. You're no longer really exploration, okay? It's moving to development, and you, you would hope fast track to some sort of production type vehicle uh, going forward. So you, you're going to have to start changing. You've got a big board. You've got a big management team. And I know you're worth 560 million market cap, but it's even by those standards, still quite big. You're going to have to start changing people around soon, aren't you? Sure. So, so let me, let me address the management side of it first, because obviously uh, uh, every company, every exploration company that is showing that they can become a, an operating mine needs to not wait for someone to take them over and not build the team. I'm a believer that you've got to look at the ultimate stage, which is the ultimate production of the properties or project. So, so that's why we've built a team. We continue to build that team. We strengthened the team about two years ago by adding our VP of mining projects, mining and projects. He ran the KGHM operations in Canada. Uh, we currently have our, our, our project manager at the site who's also been project manager and mine manager for various mines. We have a great technical team with Attila Pentec, who's our VP of exploration, but essentially the entire technical team at the site are these ambitious um, geologists who are you know, striving to make sure that they find another discovery, as you all know. And, and so, so this team is continuing to be built. We have our safety superintendent, we have our environmental superintendent. So they can, we continue to build and strengthen that team. 
In terms of our directors, the same thing. We have a very good board uh, that is comprised of uh, operators, such as Tony McCooch, Warren Holmes, Parvis Fusangi, who was the chief operating officer of Valet, uh, uh, as, as well as, as, well as uh, you know, myself, Alarsoever. And recently we realized that we needed to have that legal expertise, and that's why we added Jeff Snow last year to our board of directors in order to do so. So, so we continue to do that. I understand that the, the, the number of directors compared to other junior companies may be, may be larger, but uh, we also are transitioning also. So, so you're going to see that. Uh, composition continue to be reviewed by our corporate governance and nominating committee and, and be able to come up with the proper composition that, that matches what the company, our size, or our position needs. Okay, Th- that's interesting. I'd love to see that as it happens. So GNA generally, you feel is a bit toppy at the moment. And again, is that something that's under constant review? Uh, no, that? actually, to be honest with you, our GNA is in line with what the company currently is focusing on. I mean, at every at every stage of the project, at every stage of our development, we continue to look at it from a point of view of what needs to be added to that. And that's one of the reasons last year we added our environmental superintendent, because we knew that we needed to, to continue advancing the project in terms of permitting and whatnot, rather than having consultants to do it. You want your own internal group to look after it. Since then, uh, or since about a couple of years ago, we also added the safety superintendent, partly because we did the bulk sample, and we know that we're going to eventually come up with all sorts of systems in place in Quebec, you know, the language and everything else. So, so from in terms of GNA, we certainly always review that in order to make sure we're the best in class in terms of cost, you know, uh, overall. But at the end of the day, we see that we're building it according to the growth of the company. Okay. Management team and insiders don't have a lot of this company. Is that, why, why is that? Well, as the company grows, especially particularly over the past three years, because of the you know, equity financings that we need, uh, we needed to do, management's, management could not keep up with, with, with being able to participate at those financing when you do 60 or 40 million or 60 million dollars of financing. We certainly today have about 1.8%, whereas before we had much higher than that. But that's just as a result of the success of exploration and being able to continue to do that. So. Okay, but you're still buying in the open market, are you? Well, today we obviously, uh, you know, uh, uh, and I, I, the reason is we are in the financial statement stage anyways today. So, so, so typically at this, this is the part of the time when the companies typically cannot buy as insiders. Because uh, you know every company's financial statements time uh, until it's re- you know uh, revealed, which is sometime at the end of March. Uh, until then, we obviously would not be able to. So. Okay, but typically you would be when you're not in a blackout period. In the past, we have certainly there. Are people, you know, most of the insiders have either exercised their you know their options and and and, and be able to uh, be able to become larger shareholder, if you may, than than what they are today. Okay, um, just one last question. You and your PowerPoint, you talk about fast track exploration and development company, right? So you've got the money, you're drilling like crazy this year. Are you going to be able to maintain this fast track um, positioning that, you, that you're giving yourself, that you've given yourself? We certainly believe so, because obviously we see the success in our exploration to date, and we also see what the maiden resource could potentially come up with and be able to continue doing that in order to have that access to capital for the future growth of the company. Right, and as a district, 
you think that you you are the guys to manage the the the, the discovery and expansion of this district. Um, you're not going to need to bring in any help from you know whatever mid tier big boys etc. You're not looking for that at the moment. We certainly think that we have. Obviously, we've demonstrated in less than four years. We've had two discoveries. We're coming up with a maiden resource in 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 a pretty short period of time. But along the way, if if another company comes and knocks at our door and says, "I got a better plan for your shareholders," we'll certainly listen. Beautiful, Mars. Thanks so much. Uh, really enjoyed Thanks that. So I've I, I've read the story previously. I've, I was wanting to speak to you for a long time. I've enjoyed listening to the story and, and your plans. You're fully funded. A lot of drilling, a lot of communication. Uh, ready this year, animating resource. Exciting times. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.